Welcome to Why Is This Good, a podcast by the Naples Writers Workshop. I'm Christine, and I'm here with John. Hey, John. Hello. All right, it's my turn. I picked a story called Town of Birds by Heather Monley. It was the 2013 Kenyan Review Short Fiction Contest winner. This is basically flash fiction, so it's very short, and I'm going to read a very short section about a third of the way down. When a child changed into a bird, he retreated from the world. He went to the bathroom or stepped around a corner, and that was the last you saw of him. There never were signs. The change came sudden or appeared that way. Perhaps for weeks, a shift had been occurring deep within the child's body, or perhaps the seed had always been there, spreading outward since birth. A call came from school. My brother had missed his afternoon classes, and that's how we learned that he had changed. That evening, we heard a scraping at the kitchen window, and my mother turned from the stove, her face pink with steam. She opened the window. My brother clambered in, falling to the linoleum, wings pointing out like gangly elbows. He flapped to his usual seat at the table, but when my mother spooned food on his plate, he prodded it with his bill and wouldn't eat. He hopped onto the table and stood in the salad, then lifted up and careened around the house until we opened the door and he flapped out into the night. He had spoiled our food and broken a candlestick. His guano had stained a seat cushion. So like I said, really short section there. Did you like this one, John? Yeah, I, I like this one. I enjoyed the read. Yeah, I think that's going to be my takeaway from this one. This is not one of those stories that you necessarily uh, reread or suggest that others read. It's not one of these poignant, awe-inspiring, blow-you-away stories. To that point, I read it like the day after you sent it. Yeah. And then today when we were going to record, I was like, oh, I should reread it. And I was like, I didn't see anything new in it. I like remembered it all. Yes. I was a little disappointed in that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not trying to shit on Heather here. No, no, no. It's a good story. I'm not saying it's not good because yeah. of that. But I was just, I was just like, oh, okay. I got it the first time. Yes, it's like a face value story in that, like you pointed out, you're not going to like get something new on second read necessarily. You're not going to revisit it year after year because not, it's not like cathedral or something. <laughs> That's right. But I read the author interview after I shared the story with you because I was trying to see if there was any indication of the actual metaphor behind this, right? This is one of those stories that if you presented it in our short story workshop, you would not be able to leave the meeting without telling us what the metaphor was. And if you didn't know, you'd have to come up with it on the spot to satisfy the hordes, you know? <laughs> this is one of those stories that begs to have an explanation. But I liked it because as the reader, I kind of read it and and I have my own interpretation of what this means for a town's entire generation of children to start turning into birds, you know? I like assigned my own meaning to it. And I assigned my own meaning to it as soon as I started reading it. This is one of those fantastical stories, you know? So, you know, it's not actually happening. So you wonder, is this sci-fi? And then when you realize it's not sci-fi, that it's like literary, that you're kind of wondering, well, okay, what is this the metaphor for? Whatever. And then by the end, there's like, I have my inkling, but it does not deliver. It does not explain itself. It doesn't tell you what the metaphor is for or if there is one. Uh, so you're just kind of left with this like face value value story of children literally physically turning into birds. So I liked it for that reason. I liked it because the descriptions of what is literally happening were interesting. Like if you remind me of the story in a month and say, remember the story about the kids turning into birds? I'll remember all the visuals that I had when I read it. That's really, really powerful. That's great writing. Just the premise alone is 
cool that way. But then I read the interview with her because she's the winner of the, did you read it? No, I did not read it. I was waiting for you okay. to get back to the interview because I was curious. Sure. <laughs> There's not, this isn't some like massive in-depth interview either. It's mostly about like, you know, what's it like writing, winning a contest? What else are you working on? But they ask her like, you know, like, how'd you come up with this idea for the story? And she kind of hints then at the metaphor. So I think they asked her like, what was the impetus? And she said that like the first line of the story just came to her. So she went with it. And the first line, I don't even love the comma, but the first line she came up with, the first line of the story is, in the town where the children turned into birds, we were not as surprised as you might imagine. Don't love that clause. But anyway, in the town where the children turned into birds was like what came to her. And so she ran with it and then like presented what I think were some pretty powerful visuals. And then she talks about the story not having any meaning other than that. And she's not being clever and she's not being coy. She is pretty straightforward in saying like, I didn't have something in mind, but I love stories that people have their own interpretation for it. So she's one of these like classically frustrating writers, right? Where you're like, (laughs) I'm going to Google around. I'm going to find out what she meant. And then she doesn't have a meaning. Okay. So that's the proof. Okay. There's no meaning. But I, of course, assigned something to it. I wonder if you did too while you were reading it. Okay. So <laughs> I was reminded of um, the second episode we did, the Donald Bartleby story, The Balloon. Yes. And I'm pretty sure, I don't remember clearly, but I think we talked about finding the meaning. What does the balloon mean? You know? And I think that was part of the story was the balloon. What does the balloon mean? Yeah. And then um, at the end, there's like a little comment about it. And we had a little conversation about it. But I, reading this story, I was like, it doesn't matter what the birds mean. I mean, I can come up with something, right? Right. I can think of uh children turning into birds and leaving town or leaving home, going off on their own, you could make an obvious connection, which is they're like uh, leaving the nest, right? (laughs) It's it's pretty easy, but you don't need to do that. I don't think that's necessary at all in any kind of fiction. And I'm glad the author said that because I don't think we need to have meanings in fiction. Like this is a story about (laughs) children turning into birds. This is what the story is. Uh It's right there on the paper. Uh You can when you read this story, get a feeling from it. And I talked about this in the Leaf by Niggle, the Tolkien episode. Yeah. You can apply it to something in your life. You can apply that feeling. You can apply apply what you saw in the story to situations that you're familiar with from your own life. That's applicability is what Tolkien talked about. Doesn't mean it has a meaning. Right. So that's that was my thought when I was reading this. Okay, wow. I could. It's so easy to come up with something. But like the leaving the nest thing is the obvious one. It's obvious, but I... I didn't think of that at all. Really? (laughs) No. (laughs) God, I'm so embarrassed. Okay. This is the problem with fiction and with our approach. We've talked about this a million times that they give us in high school where you have everything has to have a meaning. Have you figured it out? That's always the lesson. It's never, did you enjoy the story? Yeah. (laughs) It's, did you figure it out? The secret message encoded in the poetry, you know? That's right. And if you didn't, then you're an idiot. You know, it doesn't matter that you like the words. Anyway, I read this coming up with something the entire time and I didn't, I wasn't even trying that hard. Okay. I thought to myself about the whole concept of like, uh, when these kids 
kids turned into birds, they were no longer, they were like feral. You know, at first, the section that I read at first day one that the kid turns into a bird, he comes back for dinner and he sits in his seat and he wants to eat. He just has trouble doing it. And then later it progresses to where he won't come in the house and then he's in the yard and the mom has to like hunt down the kinds of food that he wants. And even then he's like unappreciative. And then eventually like you just don't even see your kid bird anymore. Like they don't even visit. So I totally get your take on that being just a metaphor for growing up. But because it was like afflicting some people and not others. So that's the other part of this is like the narrator is the sibling of this bird boy in this example. She realizes at a certain age that she's not going to turn into a bird. It's like getting told you're a wizard in Harry Potter. She's a muggle and she's got to stay behind. But she talks about how she doesn't know if it's worse to be a bird child who like doesn't relate to the family anymore or to be one of these people that's left behind because the people that are left behind are basically like shells of themselves. And uh, when I read that, my brain was thinking to myself, like, especially because they talked about how it affected the entire town. Yeah, I was going to agree with you and say that this is one of those stories that moves between the we narrator and the I narrator. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where it's the whole town. And so yeah. it can, in certain ways, be seen as a story about the town. And if most of the young population leaves town because they're birds leaving the nest, what right. happens to the town? That last line in the story is kind of like the summarizing idea there. Like it happens to other towns too. They just die. Yeah. So, so many places come to their end. Our town is no different from any of them. Yeah. Okay. It fits your, it fits your metaphor, but this is where my fucked up literary brain went. Okay. Because when I read something that's a metaphor, when I read any kind of literary fiction there has to be a meaning and there has to be a sad meaning it's never good or (laughs) natural okay i read this and i was like oh my god i wonder if this is a metaphor (laughs) for like a town with a heroin epidemic where your kids get hooked on drugs and you as the mother are desperately desperately trying to call them back but it's too far gone it's a change that you can't do anything about you know and then there's the people that are left behind who are like shells of themselves because the people that they cared about are gone. Okay, obviously, neither of us is right. There's well, not a metaphor. It starts with the ne'er-do-wells, right? They were the first ones to turn into birds. Yeah, and all these kids are, yeah, they're they're troublemakers, and when they're birds, they're even worse. But people are still, like, desperately trying to bring them back into the fold, you know? It's like this foregone conclusion that they're going to leave, but, like, the mothers can't help themselves. Yeah. Anyway, that's where my brain went, okay? And, yeah, like, that's why after I read the interview with her, I, I purposely looked for it because this was so vague. I knew that I was making a jump, but I didn't know if I was right. And I was so glad that there was this interview. And then when she said that there wasn't a meeting, I was like, oh my God, oh my God. I was like, do I still like the story? Do I still like the story? And I was like, yeah, I still like the story because the visual is so strong and it's so cool. And this is one of those stories that, like I said, if it came into the workshop, we'd beat the shit out of it. And we would do it in a way that neglected how great the premise is and how great and powerful something like this can be when it's just something that came to you and even you don't understand it, you know? Sometimes I think when we come up with ideas, we think to ourselves like, does that make sense? We overthink it before we share it or present it. But if it's coming from this like natural place, you know, where it literally pops into your head, like just go with it. I think so many times we overthink it and beat it out of ourselves. I think my takeaway for episode two, if I remember right, was something on the lines of, I I compared the balloon with uh, Kafka's The Metamorphosis. It was like, you start off with an idea for some crazy thing 
that may or may not represent something. Gregor Samsa turns into a giant bug. A giant balloon fills a city. Children start turning into birds. <laughs> and then you just tell the story with that as the premise. You don't have to worry right. about what does it all mean? You just say, okay, right. there is literally a giant balloon filling the city. There's literally a giant bug in the, in the bedroom. There's literally children turning into birds. How does that look? What does that feel like? How do people respond to that? Because the description of the boy coming back to the dinner table is very bird oriented. <laughs> it's not a heroin addict. <laughs> The fact that um, his bill gets in the way of him eating the food is not like, what is the metaphor there? And it's just, that's just a physical reality, right? It's just being well described. So that was my takeaway in that episode is just take the idea and then just treat it as a real thing and um, tell the story in that way. But I think that this story does that same thing. And I love the fact that she didn't have a real meaning for it because she just had an idea and just told the story. And that's what you want to do. That's what you should do. Right. Don't right. worry about having a meaning. Yeah. I love, I wrote down, it was very bird oriented. <laughs> This description right here was it was very bird oriented. It wasn't talking about anything other than birds right there. Yeah. Imagine saying that in your English class. They'd be like, what is the meaning? And you'd be like, it was very bird oriented. They'd be like, no, 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 John, you're wrong. And I guess maybe we should point out too that obviously what's similar in the three examples that you just listed off are like the fantastical. It's like if you have an idea for some like crazy concept, like don't tell yourself you can't write that you can write fun weird shit i think this is probably this is probably a fun story to write to imagine yeah. something weird like this reminds me of the story i sent to this the workshop like i don't know four years ago i just took a bunch of dreams i had had over the course of my life like the first dream i remember ever having the first nightmare this giant snake outside the window and then a couple of other dreams i had in my life in various times and i just shoved them all together and said all right i'm gonna tell the story as if those things are happening to this person right. in this world and it was just fun. You know, I just yeah. like to kind of explore those situations. Yeah. And if you want to derive a meaning from it later, by all means, or if in the course of writing this, you realize that there is an obvious metaphor that you like, you know, go for it. Yeah. You, you can insert that stuff. You can insert it if you feel like you have to, but like you don't have to. Yeah. Cause fiction is about the character. It's about the character sure. and their choices. And if the character is confronted with some fantastical thing or some random weirdness that you came up with in a dream, or, or a, a first line that kind of wouldn't leave your head and you just got to see where it goes. You just follow what the character does with that. You, you shouldn't follow what the metaphor wants to do with that. You should right. follow what the character wants to do with that. So my explicit takeaway for this is that if you have any kind of an inkling for a fun visual or if any like premise comes to you that's just wild, just write about it. Like just see what happens. It doesn't have to be a full-blown story. You don't have to like stress about assigning meaning to it. If it comes naturally, go for it. But otherwise, just like there is pleasure in reading something that you can tell the writer enjoyed writing. So let that be your green light for anything that tickles your fancy. My takeaway is basically the same thing. And I, I kind of said it already, but you know, with the balloon and uh, yeah. in this story, it's like, if you have an idea for some premise, just follow it through, follow out what the uh, 
fictive consequences of that premise are. Don't worry about the metaphor. Don't worry about the meaning. Just uh, what does it look like? Like you said, the visuals. Yeah. What is it? What does it feel like? What is it like to be in that situation? Because that's where fiction lives, right? And the fiction lives right. in those details. It doesn't live in metaphor. It lives in details. It lives in concrete, specific images. So go with that. Yeah, go with that. And uh, we will be talking about your story on our podcast because that's right. we'll remember it. <laughs> and we'll add it to the list. We'll talk about metamorphosis, balloon, and... Uh, birds and this. Birds. Town of birds. Town of birds and your story. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Make sure it's free online so Christine finds it. Yeah. If it could be part of a free short story <laughs> fiction online now, read now, free download <laughs> list for SEO, that would really help me when I'm searching for things. <laughs> That's right. All right. I'm going to hit stop. If you enjoyed this episode, consider joining our Patreon. Your support helps us keep the show running. Find out more at patreon.com slash whyisthisgoodpodcast. And for industry news, writing tips, and great short fiction, join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Naples Writers Workshop. You can also subscribe to our monthly newsletter at napleswritersworkshop.com.